Mueller and Moats are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Steelers Nation Radio. It is high noon on a Monday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. Between the two of us, we've got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. It's up to you to figure out the rest, which you should know by now. If you want to get involved, we are an interactive show. We'll take your questions, comments, concerns, and reactions. Two ways to do so as always, you can hit us up on the Twitter.com, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. TheBody. You can also do your best to get on the phone lines, and we'll do our best to get you on the phone lines. 412-919-8562. That's 412-919-Nate Washington, Tunch Ilkin. My colleague is Arthur Motes. Motesy. What up, cousin? How we doing? Nothing much. I was going to let the people know that when you were talking about you can try to get on the phone lines, there is no try. We just do. Hey, okay? Are you Yoda over there on me now? <laughs> I can't help myself. Mm. You know? Arthur Motes, we're kind of charged up today, kind of jacked up, kind of yeah, fired yeah. up. Well, you know, it was, it was football this weekend. You know how that goes when football is on this weekend, man. It, it just gets the juices flowing. We come in here on somewhat of a victory Monday because none of our players got hurt. Nobody was in the news for uh, getting arrested after the Pro Bowl. So, for my standing, it's a victory Monday. Well, somebody was in the news for getting arrested. No one in the Pittsburgh. No one in the Pittsburgh. The other black and gold. So, so, so with that being said, and it was a victory Monday for the Steelers. Absolutely. (laughs) Right, indeed. (laughs) Let's go, man. (laughs) Arthur Motes, I'm all kinds of charged up today. You know why? What's up? Because it's big game week, cousin. Uh Uh-oh. Is it, though? It's the Super Bowl. Now, we're allowed to say that, remember, as long as it's not in any context of official sponsorship or anything like that. Heck yeah. Yeah. It's big game week. It's uh, big news for the Pittsburgh Steelers as it relates to a defensive coordinator decision, a defensive coordinator hire. We've got action. Uh, We want to talk a little quarterbacks, a little senior bowl roundup. um, And we will be joined in about eh, 25 minutes from now by Mm. our buddy Chris Carter, as we always are on Monday. So plenty to get to today, Arthur Motes. Where do you want to start? Can we start with the live football game that was this week? Oh, gosh. What? I like to talk about football games in the NFL. I'm an NFL. You mean two, I, I'm a you former mean that, NFL player. That two-hand touch game I, yesterday? I'm a former NFL player, okay? And I happened to tune in all the time when NFL games are being played, and it just so happened that we had the 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 second most important game of the year. Oh, gosh. Right behind oh, the gosh. big game this, this weekend, you know? But we got a chance to see, and it was featuring not one, not two, not three, but four of our very own Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. I mean, let's be real, man. How, how could we not talk about that amazing display of football, man? He's trying me, folks. What are you talking Bro, we even had Splash on defense. Wait, and we Micah had- Parsons <laughs> trying to hit Deontay Johnson there. We had, we had strip sacks. We had... Steelers and Browns working together. I mean, dude, like, what what, what, you mean? You you didn't watch that? You you, you weren't. No, I caught some highlights highlights on Twitter. On Twitter? Yeah, God bless Twitter for that. 
How how could you not have been dialed in this thing? Oh, I was I was dialed into the skills competition no, and no, some of that no, other stuff. No, no, no. Don't you start that. But not today. this flag football are, are game really, they're playing. Are you yesterday. really gonna downplay the Pro Bowl? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, oh yeah. No, no, no. This is the best in the AFC versus the best in the NFC. A clash of the Titans. I mean, it's so fitting that the 2012 Winter Olympics are currently happening right now. Is it? Oh, okay, with let all, me see where you're going with, with this one. With, with, with all of the, you know, pomp and circumstance, all of the attention, the allure, the prestige, all of the best in the world competing on the biggest stage. When I think of the Pro Bowl, I think of it in the exact same thing. Oh, my goodness. It just touched my heart, man. Touched my heart to know that our gladiators in the AFC went out there and, and, and you know, did whatever they could to keep the streak alive. In fact, it, this is, a, long, it is a heck of a this streak. This is the longest winning streak in Pro Bowl history that's going on right now, ladies and gentlemen. It is a heck of a the streak. The AFC I'll is dominating. That. We're dominating. Stone it out there. And being that I spent the majority of my career in the AFC, I happen to take a little bit more pride in that. Uh, okay? Mm-hmm. Because us AFC players have to stick together. Huh. It was bloody marvelous. You are a jabroni. <laughs> Let me ask you this, though, for real, because you know what? It, it is Pro Bowl, All-Star Games in general. Yeah. They provide content for people like us, people in television, in this one singular regard every single year. <laughs> because we have the same conversation. Is this necessary? Every Why do we have to watch this nonsense? Year. So, Arthur Motes, <laughs> let me ask you, is the half of this show with a decade of uh, experience as a professional athlete... Yes. Does the Pro Bowl need fixed? If so, what would you change? Or is it just kind of, man, it is what it is. These games are, are glorified exhibitions. Just, you know, stop taking them so seriously and just let them happen. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie, man. As much as I would love to continue on with the, oh, it's the Pro Bowl. It's not as serious, man. Just, you know, take it as is. I do think that, I don't know how much longer this game is going to survive. I mean, you see, I mean, dude, it was legit two hand touch at yes. times, yes. like legitimately two hand touch. And I don't blame those guys. And that's the thing, I don't either. But this is the issue when you talk about the eyes, you talk about viewership. People spend a good amount of money to attend the Pro Bowl. People sure. spend a good sure. amount of dollars for advertising for the Pro Bowl. And the issue is when you turn on the TV and you see that product, people would much rather turn away from the actual game itself and watch the skills challenge. They would rather watch the skills challenge on repeat than watch the actual games. And that, to me, is a little bit of an issue. But if you're talking to these players, what's the incentive? What's the incentive to compete? I know people say, well, hey, in the older times, they had a lot harder. The Sean, everybody remembers the Sean Taylor hit yeah, on Brian Moore. That was all over Twitter, I mean, too. it was insane. But it's a difference now because, number one, in terms of just understanding – brands guys understand that hey man we're worth more throughout the regular season than we are for one pro bowl game so the injury element of it it isn't as significant in terms of the risk reward uh analysis of it then when you think about this simple fact of man i just came off of a grind of a season where we added an extra game we added additional playoff teams so now we have an additional playoff game as well yeah I'm going to be sore. I'm not going to want to go out here and hit and compete to the best of my ability in a meaningless game. Pay for, what, 70% of the guys on the Pro Bowl roster. It's a pay cut mm-hmm. on a per-game basis. Mm-hmm. Very similar to what we talk about for playoff pay versus, like, your not, regular game base pay. Not to mention those guys that are out there that are going to be, you know, negotiating contracts yeah. in the next couple months. Or potential free agents. Yep. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of that that I think of. And I say to myself, you know, it's two ways you can incentivize it. I don't – I mean, it's multiple ways, but I think two that really – 
focus in on it, but I don't think either are worth it. The first is you make the Pro Bowl pay. You drastically increase it, very similar to what the NBA did. So you saw with the NBA initially for a while, once their game started to get real gory and no defense being played, they incentivized. They said, all right, for whatever team wins, you're going to get an additional 50K, or then it was I think it was additional 100K mm-hmm. for the whole roster. Mm-hmm. That is different than 30K if you win, 20K if you lose for these guys in the NFL that are on this level when you're getting paid six figures per game check. Correct. It's a difference. Correct. That's The NHL just did that yeah, too. it's a million, big difference. Million bucks to the winning team. Yeah, it's a big difference because now you're like, okay, that's enough to move my needle. That was one of the things that, even me as a player, when I got to my uh, second deal here in Pittsburgh, and you go from your base pay during the weeks, I mean, during the regular season, and then you get your first playoff check, and you're like, bro, you just paid me how much to go out there and play this game? <laughs> and how much money y'all just made off of us with this game viewership? And the only reason why you don't downplay your playoff games and, and worry about the injuries is because you compete for a championship. But with the Pro Bowl, you don't have that championship that's hanging in front of you. You don't have that luxury of, I want to win this. Or right. if I play well during these postseason games, it can get me more money. You don't get more money right now if you play good in the Pro, in the Pro Bowl. No one even cares if you get MVP of the Pro Bowl. <laughs> like, that's what the situation is right now. So with that, I said, man, you could either, like I said, incentivize where you drastically increase the money. NHL has mm-hmm. done it. Uh, NBA has done it as well. The other alternative, and this one I, I think is personally too messy. I don't really envision how it could work just because of the timing of it. But I think of the MLB. Their all-star game impacts the World Series. It does. In terms of who has home field advantage. Which is crazy, but it's been that way for forever. Right. But what does that do? It makes those players do what when they're in those games? They compete because, first off, any of those guys could end up on a championship team within, like, two weeks after that game because the trades in terms Mm -hmm. of just MLB, how everybody's going around. Mm -hmm. But also, you just know, like, hey, if I think my team is good enough, I want to make sure that we bust our tail in this all-star game so we can make sure we got that home advantage. Now, logistically, I would think that we would have to either move the the Pro Bowl to earlier or something like that in order Mm. for it to be – a scenario like that where you could incentivize it to, hey, if the AFC team wins. Right. And you're not be, keeping two right, teams right. out It would be a well. neutral location, but it would be neutral closer to wherever that team is from. You know what I mean? Something along those lines. Like I said, logistically it takes a lot more, but when we're thinking of these things that we're going to have to do to make the game just more interesting to watch, I just personally don't think that the NFL wants to allocate those dollars and resources yeah. to do that when they could easily just make it as an award in the sense of, end of season, football, uh, what is it, the, the NFL honors type situation. Hey, this is the Pro Bowl team this year. Very similar to the all-pro team. All-pro team, you're still going to get paid more because that accolade goes on your on your uh, resume. Right, right. And now from there, when you're negotiating, you can say, hey, I'm all-pro as well. I just think you do the Pro Bowl the exact same way. Because right now, I mean, you're I don't see how you're going to improve it without having to allocate a lot of manpower yeah. and no, a lot I, of I time and dollars to it. Completely agree with that. What say you? You know where to get at us if you want to react. What would you do with the Pro Bowl? Would you keep it? Would you scrap it? Would you fix it uh, if you've got a hot take? Make or, it pros versus Joes. If it, <laughs> that's what we should do. Yeah, that's exactly that's what we should, we should do. That's what we should do, man. Just start having random people come out the stands. No, like, not just random what? people. You know what it should be, actually? What's that? It should be all the pro football-focused people Ooh. who poorly graded Ooh. the athletes well, now that they— 
Two, and it's plenty of pro bowlers that do have bad PFF grades as well. Oh, for sure. That's the funny part. It's plenty of those guys out there. So, yeah, you know what? You, you bring up. Like, like, if you're Richard Sherman in the past and you'd like yeah. to take shots at these PFF guys, now like, you like, can literally take a shot at like, them. We, we want you to get the full football experience here, okay? We don't want you to just grade us. We want you to understand this. So and now you can understand firsthand just how difficult or easy something that we may be doing really is. It's a, uh, it's like a mixie of pros and Joes, right? Mm. You know, like each team has half pros, half Joes. Yeah. I like it. And all of a sudden, you got Justin Herbert throwing to Wesley Euler out yeah. there. Oh, no. would, would I go in the my Joe, head taken would, off. Would I go in the Joe category since I'm a regular person now? Because I'm going to catch me a body if I go into the Joe I'm just throwing it out there right now. I'm sleeping something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I thought you were. <laughs> if I'm in the Joe's category, somebody going night-night. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> You got your lights out celebration so, ready? Somebody's going night-night. It's going to be vicious. And I'm going to hit up with the, oh, I didn't know I was uh, a joke. I'm a joke. Come on, man. You, you can't. I can't get in trouble for that hit. I'm a, I'm a regular guy. I'm a radio guy. <laughs> oh, the most is wild and on this Monday, folks. Uh, 920 says, what about um, additional draft picks? Would that be enough to incentivize uh, the individuals? I mean, it would, but that's heavy. I, I mean. That's a, yeah. Because I feel like that's more like team-specific, too, when you're talking about incentivizing draft picks, because you would have to do it for all NFC teams, whereas, like I said, I just that that seems a little bit yeah. steeper than what... that's half the league. Correct, that, yeah. 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 I mean, there's some teams that don't even have Pro Bowls, if you think about it. You know what maybe it should be? How about this? You know how now there's 17... I, I just thought of this on the spot because mm-hmm. I'm brilliant, baby. Let's go. 17 games in the NFL mm-hmm. now. So it's not the 8-8 eight and eight home and away like it used right. to be. It alternates every year. Mm-hmm. Whichever wins, whatever conference wins the Pro Bowl gets that extra home game. That could work. Oh, so if you're the AFC and you're on like this long win streak, you've been getting nine home games and only playing eight road games for a long time. My only concern is fans would love that. Players, I don't think we would care about that. That's true. You're you're right though. Again, you're not incentivizing the players. I'm like, I got to travel. That's more incentive for the owners because then they get the extra payday (laughs) for the home game. Exactly. Yeah. For the players, you're like, that doesn't move my needle. Super Bowl location will move your needle. Playoff situation in terms of seating will move your needle. And then money. Yeah. I, I mean, think money those are like is the big things, man. Money is the clear big one. Yeah. Yeah. Money is the uh, is the big one for sure. Arthur Motes, speaking of the big one, the big news as it relates to the Pittsburgh Steelers on this Monday is something that we, you and I have discussed, something that we all, you know, had a, a, idea that was a very real possibility, a very realistic outcome, and that, of course, is um, the Steelers' vacant defensive coordinator position left Mm -hmm. by the retirement of Keith Butler has officially been filled by Terrell Austin, a promotion from the Pittsburgh Steelers staff. Oh, no, Arthur, that's not that P word that everyone hates. I thought we was pushing that. That's not... Oh, not that. All right, I just, just trying to well, keep up. You and know? for our for our day ones, remember potential was the yeah. original. The original I, just, I ain't know. I ain't know which people the... was pushing this time, man. You know, hey man, I try to keep up with you, young Thomas. You know, this guy today, I tell you what. But but uh... Terrell Austin, uh, just give me your, your initial reaction when when you saw that the news w- was made official. Understandable, makes the most sense with the new information that we have from Keith Butler in the sense that we know Coach Simon wants to be heavily involved in terms of the day-to-day play calling. I mean, in, in terms of game day play calling. Mm-hmm. So with that, you you knew that that would kind of pigeonhole you in the sense of which class of DCs you could operate with because you wouldn't want to 
I, I couldn't see this fitting with the Wink Martindale. I wouldn't see this fitting with the Agreed. Vic Fangio, with the Brian Flores, guys who are very established and guys who have already had success, very noteworthy success you could point to and say, hey, man, this guy has had elite defenses for multiple seasons, not just a one-year type of situation. So with Terrell, it makes sense because he is qualified. I don't want you to hear this and think that, hey, he's not qualified. He's very qualified, but his stint as a D.C. and the success as a D.C. compared to some of the other candidates that were available, his resume is a little leaner than those other guys that we would have thought about when we first initially thought about replacing the D.C. uh, job and things like that. But as a whole, man, I think that it still works out fine. Obviously, Terrell, like I said, you look at the secondary since he's come on board, guys like Minka Fitzpatrick, Cam Sutton, Mike Hilton to an extent, Joe Hayden. I mean, the, the, the results are there. Terrell Edmonds. The results are there, and he is a big piece of that. He was a big component in that. So I do like the fact that you keep that continuity as well. Yeah, you know, I made I made that joke about the the promotion p word, and I know a lot of Steelers fans. You know, they think you look back at the last decade, and there hasn't been enough uh, success to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they try and find reasons to blame that we all do as fans right when things aren't going well for your team you you look for reasons why that's i'm not knocking anybody for doing well, that i was gonna blame you personally that's a listen arthur Motes. my wvu basketball team's in the middle of a seven game losing streak right now all right now mm-hmm. i don't need to look very long for i know why they can't shoot the dang thing and they can't rebound that's a pretty bad combination for a basketball this team. is very true when it comes to the Steelers, and you look back at the last, let's say, 10 years, right, and three playoff wins, that's the number everybody likes to throw around, and, you know, that's that's you know that's Cleveland Browns' standard. That's not our standard. And, and they start to look for reasons why. They start to look for things or people to blame. And the fact that the Steelers rarely go from outside of the organization to make these significant hires quite often it comes down at the top of that list. If you want to have that conversation with me as it relates to Matt Canada, and plenty of people did a couple weeks ago, you know, when Mm -hmm. when Mike Tomlin had his press conference and and we all knew that Matt Canada was going to be coming back, we had those conversations here on the show. You can go listen to the old podcasts (laughs) if you missed them. This is not that. This is not a guy who had one year of NFL experience as a quarterback coach getting an offensive coordinator job. You want to question that, that that is your prerogative as a fan. If you have that same logic here, I, I think you are just doing a little bit of the, you know, the the what we know thing. And it's another promotion, and that hasn't worked out for us well as of late. And because of that, I'm going to stomp my feet, and I'm going to be ticked off. I've seen a you lot of people. You did another hire from within. Oh I've my seen God. a lot of people. That, and you know what? When they replace Kevin Colbert from within, more than likely, people are going to do the same thing. These are these are not the same. You can have nuance with these. There, I I'm with you guys from the fan perspective well, and, of. And also, I'll just say, remember, Terrell was outside the organization three years ago. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he's not even like a home homegrown. It's like he's not Keith Butler in right, terms of right, right. Long he, time. He was like Uncle. It, it was like he's the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. He didn't live with Uncle Phil the whole time his childhood. No, he waited till he was a teenager, then he came over. He's wild and you know what I'm folks. saying. So he's only been with us for a couple of years. He's not like homegrown, homegrown. If if you were upset that you thought they didn't do enough due diligence in terms of replacing Randy Feetner and that there needed to be more interviews from the outside and that and Matt Canada had only been an NFL coach for one year and it was just as a position coach, I think those criticisms, I think those concerns are fair. 
I don't – now, if you still just want to say, you know what, I wanted change for the sake of change. I wanted somebody who was going to maybe um, go against the grain or speak out against Mike Tomlin more, whatever your thought process may be. I, that's that's fair. That's also, again, you know, that's your that's your right as a fan. That's your prerogative as a fan. You're allowed to feel how you want to feel. But I, I, I just don't lump this in with the same as, oh, it's the same thing they did with Matt Canada last year. Because Terrell Austin's resume at the NFL level compared to Canada's last year, Motsi, it looks like a CVS receipt. Oh, no question. It's I mean, night it's, and day, man. It's, it's a night and day difference. So that's that's just all that I, I say here is, is you know, I be hesitant to do that um, because this is a guy that has been a defensive coordinator um, for two different organizations in the NFL. He was a defensive coordinator in the SEC at Florida. He's got a ton of experience. And, and he's that, had success. And he's like, had success. Let's not overlook that part. At places in like Detroit and Cincinnati where it hasn't exactly been easy to have success over the last 30 years. Um, this this is this is not, you know, same church, different pew as Matt Canada. It, it's just not. This is this is a guy who has a, a lengthy resume of success. And like Moat said, until three years ago, he did that all away from the Steelers organization. Egg. Exactly. And for me, regardless of, I guess, how we view Terrell Austin as a D.C., we have to remember that he's more so a assistant defensive coordinator under the current structure of the Pittsburgh Steelers because we know that Coach right. Tomlin and that's another thing is going to have about. his hand yeah. very much in this thing. Now, I can understand, like I said, if that was the reason why people were upset, they didn't want a D.C. that Coach Tom would still be able to have his handprint on and still be able to have impact calling calls. Well, that's a different argument. But understanding that that's what the Steelers are going to want to continue with, and as long as Coach Tomlin is still head coach, it doesn't like that's going to change. You had to, you know, start putting two and two together in a sense that they're not going to be able to just bring in a high-end guy. But I was a little interested in the timing of it, though, because if you noticed, Terrell Austin, they had already interviewed. They already talked to him. But then from there, it was kind of like, all right, we just interview and interview and interview and interview. And even to the point where it didn't even seem like it was to reach a quota or to, you know, mm-hmm. go through all the due diligence. It was like, I'm just, you know, going through, going through. But then as soon as you hear Terrell Austin was on, I believe it was the Giants radar. He was supposed to interview for them. Correct. Soon as that's got scheduled, hey, pretty official. After I that. think he's promoted. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so it looks like you did enjoy how, this guy. A little funny bit how up. that works in this business. Yes, day, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. I just again, where I had it right here. I mean, defensive coordinator for the Lions, defensive coordinator for the Bengals. He's been with the Ravens. Um, like I said, he was the defensive coordinator at the University of Florida uh, under Urban Meyer when they were having a ton of success there. I mean, coached with the Seattle Seahawks, the Arizona Cardinals, the Michigan Wolverines. He's he's got a a just a heck of a resume. Um, he's a Super Bowl champion as well too. Yes, he is with uh, Baltimore in 2013, I believe. The or Joe Flacco, 2012, the, whenever, 11, the Joe whenever Flacco that was. One, the, yeah. the, the elite over. Uh, yeah. Same over the friend. Niners, yeah. yeah. The Harbaugh, the Harbaugh brothers. Harbaugh, yeah, bowl, absolutely. Where the lights went out down there in With New the Orleans. khakis still on. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I tell you what. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a guy who, and with all that experience, too, he's still in his 50s. So he's still, like, still he's fairly young. He's, yeah. That's that's that fairly, you know, like, oh, this guy could be here for another decade. That's lucky that good coaching um, age, that's too, man. That, that's, that prime, that's that prime of the. That's like that's yes. like being uh that's like being twenty seven years old right, as an athlete. Right, right. 
It's like, oh, yeah, he, he's right in the heart of it right here. He's right in the heart of it, baby. Um, and, you know, is a is a Pittsburgh guy from Sharon, played at Pitt. I thought Arthur Mose was going to drop a... Nope, I left it alone. Because, you know, we got, we, got the pit, we got the Pit Bowl coming up uh, this weekend, so... Wait, the Pit Bowl? The Pit Bowl, yeah. Oh, yeah, because Pitt's yeah. the only school that has a guy on each team. I yeah, forgot. Yeah. I mean, they do got the best players in there. And listen, Aaron Donald is for sure. Tyler Boyd's a really good player, but don't tell me it's best. He's not the best player in his own position on that team. Jamar no, Chase. I, I, said West Virginia, I said Pitt has the best Whoa. players. Pitt as a whole. Oh, heck yeah, they That's do. That's what I'm saying. See, Compared you, to who, though? You was trying to hate on them already. I'm not hating on Team, anybody. Who's in the Super Bowl? The Rams. And the Bengals. So, of those teams that are in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. you look on their roster. Correct. On their roster, the individuals are made up of individuals who come from different Correct. So, if we're going down the list of the different colleges and these individuals that collectively played there, if you look at that roster, Pitt's going to have the best one, man. Oh, the best player. Yeah, Aaron Donald. Yeah, that's what to say. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You was like, your, your West Virginia hate show, though. Because no, you, start, you started combating something that had hold zero to do on, with that, man. You said it, it, the best player on each team but, but you, but you, was. From you, you know what you thought right? that just, because you were so ready to. to, to, to you were settled, so ready. Just you couldn't help yourself. Now, now it's just settled down. Just settled now it's just settled down because you couldn't help yourself. Yeah. The head yeah. trainer from the uh, Rams mm-hmm. graduated from WVU. So just remember who gets Aaron Donald ready for every game. The head trainer. Aaron Donald doesn't get hurt. Yeah, because he's got the best head trainer no, in the business. No, he baby. doesn't get hurt. Woo! He doesn't get hurt. Four one two, nine one nine. Nate Washington, Tunchilkin. Those are the digits to <laughs> dial. Uh, on Twitter, at Wesley Euler. We're going to talk to our buddy Chris Carter. I mean, you know what, Moats? It's like you do this on purpose. <laughs> About three minutes from now when we come back from our break here. He's Arthur Moats. I'm Wesley Euler. You know where to get at us. It's not funny. If you want to get involved. He ain't even dropped me on the Twitter.com this time. Y'all know he mad. <laughs> CC on the other side. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR.